Hi, this is Gary Mack of the Mets Musings Podcast, and you're listening to Jeff and Len on Baseball and Barbecue, one of my favorite podcasts, and I know it's one of yours, too. The only problem is, after I get done listening to it, I'm hungry. All right, guys, take it away. Len and myself are on vacation this week. Please enjoy this past episode of our interview with Greg Lazinski. Welcome to episode number 13, lucky 13, of Baseball and BBQ, where the BBQ stands for Barbecue. This is your host, Jeff Cohen, and you are Len Aberman, and we are Baseball, Baseball and, and BBQ. Thanks for joining us. This is going to be a really nice episode where we tell you guys about our recent trip. Where'd we go, Jeff? We went to the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Ooh, sounds like an adventure that I was on, too, and I remember it well. It was great. It was a fun day, yes. Yeah, it was really a lot of fun. Um, start us off, Jeff. Tell us what happened. Well, we were treated like kings there. We, uh, we get to the stadium yes it, it was uh citizens citizens bank park yes and uh we went up to uh the media gate where we were told to go and they told us who are you because they didn't know they weren't <laughs> expecting us oh, they were not they were not expecting they're like you're from new york are you met fans get out no we said no we are here we're here as guests of the phillies today so after they took care of a little uh Paperwork, a little, yeah. uh, you know, making a couple of calls. Right. They finally figured out that we were supposed to be there. And then the fun began. So we got our passes. We uh, went in. We met uh, Kevin Tedesco, who we are very grateful for, too. He was he was terrific. He was a great host. And he took us on a, a little tour of the stadium, which, guys, Philadelphia, Citizens Bank Park, is really a beautiful stadium. It really is. It's a little, it's it's small as uh, compared for baseball standards. Right. It's like a little band box like Yankee Stadium. A lot of, a lot of home runs there, but uh, oh, yeah. it's really a, a nice nice stadium. Yeah, I mean, it it reminded me the walking around reminded me a little of Citizen uh, Citizens uh, City Field reminded me of City Field. Uh, the dimensions of the field are not very large. I think the I think the deepest part of the park was uh, 401 feet. Down the line, it's like 329 down the left field line, 330 down the right field line, right? It was Yeah, it was, it was small for a, uh, compared to other baseball stadiums, but still. But very homey. Very homey. You know, David Wright loves to hit there. David Wright? Yes. Who, 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 who's well, David Wright? Yeah, if you remember a few years ago, David Wright yes. loved to hit there. Yeah, and Mike Piazza loved hitting there, too. Yes. I mean, I think, I, I don't know who wouldn't love hitting there. I mean, it's really, you, you, you hit a fly ball, you know, a, a, it doesn't even have to be that deep, and it's an adventure, and it's, uh, you know, close to going out. All right, so the main thing of the day, the, the, the big event was Jeff had this idea that we were going to go to, to the park and do a double combined baseball and BBQ. I have been to uh, Citizens Bank before. So I know they had a, uh, a barbecue concession by, called Bulls, Bulls Barbecue. 
And Greg Luzinski would, would sit out there and, and talk to the fans, take pictures, sign autographs. So I figured, hey, why don't we try to get an interview with Greg Luzinski? Right. For, the, for those of you who don't know, Greg Luzinski's nickname was The Bull. So, and he really is into barbecue. It's not just, uh, you know, he, he came up with the, the recipe for the sauce. I mean, he is a real uh, barbecue person, and uh, it was great to meet him. Uh, we're going to put pictures on our Facebook page. So uh, we have pictures of the day, and please go to our Facebook page and look at the pictures. Um, that's one way to see our uh, podcast or to, to see things from our podcast. Jeff, what are other ways to get in touch with us, by the way? Sure. You can always give us a call on our voicemail hotline. It's 516-855-8214. You can email the show at baseballandbbq at gmail.com. You can tweet us. We're at the uh, Twitter address is simple. It's at baseball underscore bbq. Excellent. Okay, so we were introduced to Greg Luzinski. He sits there, um, and there's uh, big blow-ups of his baseball cards against the wall, and it was an honor to meet him. We went in a back room, uh, and we did this interview with him. And we're going to play it for you right now. During the 1970s, Greg Luzinski was one of the top home run hitters in the National League. Only Willie Stargell, Johnny Bench, Dave Kingman, Mike Schmidt, Tony Perez, and Willie McCovey hit more home runs than the Bull, who had 204. Lozinski was the 11th pick in the 1968 draft by the Philadelphia Phillies, who took the unusual step of drafting him, seeing him only play through film footage due to a serious illness by the Phillies area scout. The other team interested in Greg was the Angels, who had the 12th pick. Once signed, Lozinski began his minor league career in Abel with the Huron Phillies in South Dakota. His manager at the time was none other than Dallas Green. Lozinski made his ML debut at Shea Stadium at age 19 on September 9, 1970, and he became a full-time regular for the Phillies during the 1972 season, where he hit 281 with 18 home runs and 68 RBIs. Greg would make the All-Star team four straight years from 75 to 78 and was twice runner-up in the MVP race. In 1975, he led the league with 120 RBIs. After winning the World Series with the Phillies, he continued his career with the hometown Chicago White Sox, where he was a DH. While there, he set the home run record for designated hitter and hit grand slams in consecutive games. He won the Outstanding DH Award in 1981 and 1983. Luzinski retired from baseball after the 1985 season with a total of 307 home runs and 1,128 RBIs and 276 lifetime batting average. A fan favorite in Philadelphia, he runs the Bulls Barbecue here at Citizens Bank Park. Welcome, Greg Luzinski, to Baseball and Barbecue. Thank you. Sounds good to me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. So, my first question, Greg, um, you were offered a football scholarship at uh, Notre Dame University. Obviously, you made the right decision. The Angels were interested in you, but they picked 12, and the Phillies picked you at 11. Were you surprised that the Phillies took you, given that they only saw you look uh, through the film and not, not watch a scout watch you play? Well, you know, their draft was, wasn't that, that old at that time. I don't think it was uh, about two, two, three years old. So it was, it was relatively new to, uh, to, to baseball. And uh, obviously, as a senior, I had a lot of offers to go, ahead, go on to college and play, play football. But uh, obviously, being drafted, uh, you know, 11th in the country changed, changed my mind. But uh, had a, I had an idea early in the draft that I, you know, I'd be, I'd be a first rounder because uh, the Yankees, I think, were fourth or fifth. 
and they, uh, you know, they ha had called me and, and uh, suggested I, m I may be with them. They, I, I caught at the time, so uh, uh, I, they were looking for a catcher, and uh, obviously uh, settled on a great catcher uh, that was in that draft, uh, and uh, they, they thought he'd get to the big leagues faster, and that was Thurman Munson. So, so it was, uh, you know, it was a great draft as far as, uh, you know, players that made it to the big leagues, but uh, I signed off a uh, film that Paul Owen saw. Uh, Patty Cottrell came in from the West Coast and took 16-millimeter film, actually, of, of me and BP, and uh, uh, Bruce Knatzer, who was uh, the, the area scout, was, uh, he had cancer and uh, was in a hospital, so uh, there weren't a lot of report or a lot of reports going back to the Phillies, but uh, my baseball coach lived next door to a, a guy by the name of Vukovic, and uh, they were in the army. The carpenters and him were in the army together. So he actually got on a phone, you know, a week before the draft and said, "What do you have on him?" He said, "A lot. There's a lot of interest from a lot of teams. You know, uh, a lot of scouts here." And uh, uh, that's when uh, they said that uh, the uh, answer was sick and uh, the, the coverage wasn't real good there. So the, they said Patty Cottrell out with a 16 millimeter projector, like I said, and uh, took pictures. Uh, took film and Paul Owen saw those films and uh, basically said uh, that uh, that's what he drafted me from the the batting practice films that he saw. Wow, <laughs> kind of interesting to <laughs> yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Today all I got to do is put it on Google and there you go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah. Right. Was, wow. So times have changed. Yes, you know. absolutely. But uh, that's like I said, that's quite interesting to me. So great. Your first manager in the Phillies systems turned out to be your last manager you played for the Phillies, Dallas Green. How different did he treat you when you first played for him and then later on in your career? Uh, you know, Dallas was pretty much the same. I mean, he, you know, he was pretty hard. Uh, you know, not that he wasn't a good guy, obviously, off the field. But on the field, you know, he was there to teach. He was there to win. And uh, he, I started that way with him and uh, obviously finished that way with him. I think uh, Danny Ozark did a lot for our team in between. Uh, you know, in the big leagues, uh, we won a couple divisions, uh, but we never got to the dance with them. And, uh, you know, Dallas came in and basically just told us, he said, you know, we've been, this team's been together for a long time. There's, you know, we were, we, we were together for quite a few years and that uh, this might be the last hurrah. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a great year. Our, uh, our system proved to be very good. Our farm system guys came up. Uh, you know, I had some surgery that year, and uh, Lonnie Smith came up. We had young pitchers come up and do the job. So, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't that easy of a go, and it went down to the last series of Montreal before we won the East. So, uh, you know, it, it was a rough go that year. But, uh, you know, Dallas had a lot to do with it, uh, the respect that players gave them, and uh, the output uh, was tremendous that year. Excellent. Excellent. Dallas wasn't, he wasn't the kind of manager that caught all the players, though. No, he wasn't. Uh, yeah. You know, he like I said, he you know he was a little bit hard nosed, and sometimes you need that. I think you know, uh, as, as you go in your career a little a little later on in your career, sometimes you get a little, little lax at things. And he was there to make sure we didn't do that. And uh, you know, obviously it was the first uh, World Series for the Phillies, so I, I, he did a lot of things right. <laughs> well, I only mention that because now it seems to be. I mean, we have a manager in New York, Callaway. Um, you know, Mickey Callaway who, you know, is kind of, uh, the, the way they, they treat the players now is a little differently, right? They're, they're kind of, they, they, it's almost like they're their friend more than, 
you know, a disciplinary. Yeah, I, I think it, I agree with you. I think a lot of that has to do with the different styles of managing right now. Uh, you know, it's basically a lot of analytics involved and in how mm. different teams use those analytics with their players. Uh, guys that aren't successful and aren't hitting, say, for instance, what, what they sh should be hitting. Uh, Average-wise, you know, it's uh, what it, uh, well, it's coming off uh, his bat at 102 mile an hour. You know, the hits will fall, so it, it's a lot different. I think it, the players are a little more temperamental than they were years ago, and uh, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, the, the money's there's a lot more money involved in a game, and so uh, a lot of a lot of the. the Managers are kind of on a, a friendly basis with the player, trying to try the maybe a reverse psychology than years ago when you know managers just kind of step on players every now and then to get fire them up and get them going. But uh, you know it's a different ball game. You know, let's face it. Uh, you know some of the rules you know change. You know you put four fingers out to walk a guy. Uh, the posy rule at home plate, which. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. is is something. I mean, at second base, it, it, uh, now you can't. Yeah, it's not that used to rolling into it, but sliding through guys different than a roll block at second base, and you know they they don't let you do that now. So you, you can see the way they turn a double play is a whole lot different than they did years ago, it, it, and it's just a different game. So hopefully. Hopefully, I guess I'm adapting to it a little bit because I see it every day. But uh, you know, we had a play the other night at home plate, and it's, it uh, cost us a ball game. So, you know, some of the rules do hurt at particular times. Mm -hmm. You hit 19 home runs with eight Hall of Fame pitchers. Which pitcher was the most challenging challenging for you to face during your career? I think that's pretty easy. I, 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 not that I didn't get a hit off them, but. Uh, uh, you know, it was the probably it, without a doubt for me it was Tom Seaver. I mean, I, I think he struck me pro, struck me out mo the most in my career. You know, but uh, I've always said uh, in, in articles and when people have asked me that same question that uh, Tom Seaver is the best. And one of the reasons he was so good to me is against me is he could go up the ladder, as they say, and his ball moved a lot. But uh, Tom Seaver could beat you when he had his good stuff, and he could beat you when he had his bad stuff. He was, he was a guy with excellent stuff as far as going out there every, every fourth day and pitching, but he could pitch with his bad stuff because he knew how to pitch, pitch a baseball game. Right. You know, you, you hit three of them off of him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I know I got a few, but... <laughs> Is, is it true that you put the crack in the Liberty Bell on top of Veterans <laughs> Stadium? Yeah, it, was, it was off of Bert Hooten. <laughs> yeah, Bert Hooten. Uh, it's been a little, out of, a little over a year. Uh, I mean, not a year, but how many years? But uh, the my anniversary of that was uh, about a couple, three weeks ago. And, you know, he threw a no-hitter against us, too, in Chicago. And uh, I hit a ball off him in Chicago that I really smoked, and the wind was blowing in, and uh, it didn't go out. But... Uh, when I hit it off the bat, I thought it was a home run. The one you're talking about, obviously, was the Liberty Bell here in Old Veterans Stadium, which is right next door to us. It's a parking lot now. Right. But uh, that was off the, the Liberty Bell in the dead center field on the second, uh, approaching the, the second deck, which, uh, you know, center field was 408, and I don't know how far it was to that Liberty Bell, but I know it was one of the furthest oh, yeah. you know, hitting that ballpark. And uh, like you said, it was off Bird Hooten. With his famous knuckle curveball. <laughs> when I asked, when I, I, you were talking about the uh, the new baseball and stuff. So shifts now, right? The the and we talk about this a lot is how they they put these shifts on. They move the whole you know all the position players to one side, 
and the players can't seem to hit except into the shift. What's, what's your feeling on that? Because some people say, oh, they should make the shift illegal. Um, and we say, well, just hit, hit where they're, you know, hit where they're not. But uh, they can't seem to do it. What's your opinion on that? Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll give you an example. You take Ryan Howard, for instance. You know, Ryan Howard came up and hit 300. 300. And as, as uh, he, he matured in, in the big leagues and the more years he played, I know he hit a lot of home runs. But they start putting the shift on Howard. So you see his average go from 300 to, to below 300. There's so many balls that he hit to right field, that uh, second base area. Uh, line drives to right and things things that would have been base hits that take away from his average. So in that particular case, from an offensive standpoint, I don't think there's any question it hurt his average. You know, as far as a guy like him trying to hit the ball the other way, it's all not, it's not all that easy. Uh, people, you know, there are certain hitters that should be able to do that, should be able to move runners, uh, hit the ball the other way. But if, if let me tell you, when you, you look at all the analytics things that are out there, that's the analytics playing defense against the offensive hitter. So you want a guy like, say, Ryan Howard uh, uh, to drive the ball. You don't want him to you know, pick and hit, hit the ball to left field. I mean, you, and I think that got him in trouble a little bit because he tried doing some of that. And, you know, people used to say, yeah, he's got great power to left center, but most power hitters in the game of baseball, even today, even though they might hit it to right field or, or pull to left, it, they play the game in the middle. Their power is to left center, right center, and it's usually in between. It's not a question of them hitting many balls down the line. So that's why you see a lot of the, 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 a lot of the shifts down the more of a gap because uh, for power hitters is because it's from left center to right center. Do you think they should make the shift illegal, though? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I know Cincinnati used to do something to us, uh, uh, to the Phillies when we played against them. They used to jam the middle. You know, they, they used to try to take the center of the field away from us. Uh, shortstop would move over, uh, second baseman would move over, and the holes would be between first and second, and obviously uh, short, and, short and third base. So, you know, that was kind of a, a different alignment that, that, that we saw, and I'm surprised more teams didn't do it against us, especially when our offensive team was in its prime. Uh, that took the middle way because we had a lot of guys that played the game in the middle or played played the game in the middle of the diamond. So uh, where where it should be played, and you know, obviously you use the lines on certain pitches, uh, and, and a little bit of luck. <laughs> I, I got I got one more. Uh, you played with such great players as Schmidt, Carlton, Rose, McCarver, McGraw, with the Phils and Fisk with the White Sox. Which teammate had the greatest influence on your career? Well, I think uh, from from a pitching standpoint, Steve Carlton was tremendous. You know, uh, uh, he he was uh, the pitcher that was on win day. That's what he called it. We're going to go out there and win. I mean, I think he had a a, a big, big, you know, uh, would you call it uh, following as far as got even pitchers on our ball club that looked up to him. I think everybody looked up to him, and uh, he was just a total competitor. I don't think he really got enough credit for for the leadership he had, and uh, it's even like Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt was kind of quiet in his way, 
but uh, sometimes you lead you lead by uh, what you do on the field and uh, you know we I was fortunate enough to play with uh, you know Hall of Famers like that and mm-hmm. probably one of the best if not the best third baseman in a game of baseball so mm-hmm. you know I, I was fortunate I, like you said I played with quite a few guys I played uh, Carlton Fisk obviously uh, Pete Rose who statistically obviously should be in the yeah. Hall of Fame mm-hmm. but uh, uh, there's a, they're a different breed of player uh, you know and uh, they're, they're just a step above everybody else and uh, when you're around more than one like I was fortunate enough to be you can you could see that uh, you know you can see that Hall of Fame uh, expertise in these guys and, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they were really good trust me Right. I mean, I, I, one of my favorites is Tug McGraw. And, uh, well, Tug he was, was a really good like fun. Yeah, he yeah. was a character, and, uh, you know, he, he did things to try to keep you loose. You know, I mean, he was, they say, the opposite of a Steve Carlton. I was on the serious mode, you know, obviously, you know, when he went out there to pitch. And, uh, you know, here, here comes Tug, you know. Uh, and uh, he tried to keep everybody loose, but uh, they were both left-handers, so I think that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I was going to say, they say left-handers are a little crazy, right? But um, All right, so now I get to talk to you about barbecue. I, I've seen so many things on Bull's Barbecue. The All right, let's talk about how the food's cooked, the smokers. There's, is there, I was told that the food is, it's, goes 24 hours. Yeah, and basically, we have cooked smokers, uh, smokers in the back. Uh, our uh, pork, for instance, our, our pulled pork goes uh, to... Uh, North Carolina, we from uh, Hatfield sends in. I send our barbecue sauce down there in 55 gallon drums. I heard it's spicy, so it's <laughs> it's a little spicy. That's not that bad, and uh, so they mix it and cook it there, and then it's shipped back uh, shipped back here, and uh, we do uh, we do the rest in our kitchens here. Uh, same with uh, everything we do. I mean, the ribs are obviously uh, pre-cooked with a rub on it, and then uh, we finish them off. Uh, on the grill with uh, you know barbecue sauce so uh, uh, we have to kind of do it that way because of the amount of people that go through the lines you know and right so it, it's uh, been quite a thing we came up with uh, the bulldog that's very very popular here and uh, it's uh, you know almost a, a foot of uh, kibasa, uh and uh, we, we we put some barbecue so- sauce on that to uh, flavor it, and uh, the barbecue sauce obviously was uh, a recipe from the family, and uh, you know we've been doing this here in uh, uh, Citizen Bank Park now for uh, you know 15 years, so uh, I know the, the the people enjoyed it. Uh, this year we put on a, a brisket of beef, a brisket sandwich, and uh, that's been very very popular. You know th- this year uh, we, we we used to have uh, sliced beef, and it was. A, kind of hard to control the temperatures because some people would, would want it uh, more uh, medium rare right. that type and then others would want it well done and when you put it obviously when you we barbecue it and we rub it and put it in this uh, with the rub in the pan you know to, to serve the people it kind of dry out and so uh, with the new facility now it's a little bit different so where we can use use the back and it's from the back to 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 the stand it's easier before we had to have runners and, and run the stuff from a kitchen so it was a little bit different because the, the beef would come off and it would go into a hot uh, a hot cart and then it comes so it was cooking kind of cooking the whole time so the, to get temperatures right it was very tough so now we went to you know the the new style beef and uh, 
the, the people here seem to enjoy it. I mean, it's been it's been a ride. It's been fun. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, I meet a lot of real interesting people because I'm usually out front and they come up for uh, autographs and pictures and things of that nature and uh, most of them are people that come up and say you know I used to watch you when I was a kid <laughs> and they have their kids with them and they say hey you're watching Reese Hoskins and these guys you know you know Kingery and uh, and that's what I used to do uh, when, when I was your age you know as uh, Bull here and Schmitty and you know saw him win the World Series at a young age, but it, it's there's been a lot of great stories out there, a lot of great, what would you say, uh, reminiscent of years ago, of so, so it's been a lot of fun for me, but, uh, I, you know, it's all, all due to the fact that, uh, you know, people enjoy the, the, the barbecue here and uh, can talk a little baseball and uh, take a picture or whatever they want to do here. You So you definitely have a love of barbecue. The, oh, yeah. yeah. And barbecue has become it's it's getting bigger and bigger. Why do you think it's over the the last few years? It seems like a lot more places are opening. There's a lot more sauces on the shelves. It's, why do you think barbecue is becoming so big? I I, I have no idea, but uh, I know that uh, I enjoy it. We used to barbecue all the time, uh, you know, in the backyard. I barbecued when I was here year-round all the time, you know, even in the cold weather, I'd be out there barbecuing. I, I, I think it's made available to people now. Mm. I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 something you, you years ago you, you didn't go out for. You know, there weren't there wasn't right. there wasn't very many places to get to get a barbecue. You know, now there's some franchise out there and not mom and pop stores. There's a few of those that are very good, but uh, I think that it's like anything else. The more the the more you you taste it and, and and get a chance to taste it, that you'll be back. So uh, I think uh, barbecues become very very popular. It's spread from Texas and North Carolina. You right. might say yeah. uh, all over the country, but. Uh, you know, it, it, it's been a good thing, and uh, I do the same thing. I go out and, you know, check different places out, uh, check their sauces out and things of that nature, and I, uh, and I obviously enjoy eating, so uh, to, to go out and have barbecue for me, even though it's not mine, is, is, is still a great joy. I know one of the things that I love to do uh, is after a long, you know, a long week of work to, to get the smoker going, and have something that has to cook for five, six hours. If it's a brisket overnight, maybe yep. pulled pork overnight. There's something about that, the whole just, you know, making the fire, putting it on, putting some wood chunks on, and just sitting there, maybe enjoying a beer, and just, just relaxing. It's very well, relaxing. I think when you go to smoking, not only the taste of the meats, you know, most people think that the, 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 the juices come out of the meat. You know that it's just real dry, but that doesn't have to happen. You, obviously, you, you you have an idea about smoking, and uh, you know you can still smoke it with with the meat being very moist and, and tender. But uh, I think the smells the one thing that gets the people. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I mean, you know, it's one of those. Uh, even at the bar, even here, you know, when you got the wind blowing right and it goes clear over to the other side of the stadium, people are walking over, going, "Damn, you know, that really smelled good. That really." Drew drew me to here uh, so uh, you know it's like I said that uh, you get I can see you sit I can sit down there and I live in Florida in, in the off season and I do the same thing I got uh, one of those big eggs and sit there and and, right. and, and smoke things off the egg and uh, the green egg yes, the big green egg I sit outside and you know the 
like you said, it's an all-day thing. Right, you and know? you just and yeah, and it makes you you have to. All right. it, it, it's like a forced relaxation, you know, and it's slow. Yeah. Uh, of course, if somebody says I'm hungry, you say okay. In six hours, we'll eat. <laughs> it's not something like that. Yeah, that's true. It takes a while, but uh, you know it's well worth it. It's well worth waiting for. And uh, like I said, you, you you hit it right on the head. It's very relaxing. You know, to sit there and you know have a cold one or have your favorite have your favorite bedroom a beverage. And uh, I, I don't know. I just enjoy that little little uh, smell of smoke there. Mm-hmm. That, uh, it, it, Makes it even even greater when you open that thing for the for the, yeah. fi- for oh, the yeah. final <laughs> for the final touch and uh, to take it off the grill and, uh, and then they, obviously like everybody does is they have their they have their knife out there so you can cut it right away and taste it to make sure it's right. I know. Uh, you, obviously, it's very popular here. You have lined out the uh, last year when I came here. You were at the uh, other uh, entrance. Uh, I made a beeline right for Bull's Barbecue. It was, uh, I had the best, one of the best uh, pork I ever had. It was, yeah, it was that's, delicious. That's been a little problem here this year is uh, people are so used to it being over there, you know, and some of, the, some of our signs aren't here yet. They're not up. So, uh, you know, people, people don't know where we, we move. But, you know, when you're in a spot 14 years and all of a sudden you got a little, you know, you make some change to it. Like you said, see, you came in and you knew where you were headed. You know, now we got to get them used to headed from right field to left field where I used to play. So you know, right. we try to we try to tell we try to tell them that all the time. You know, we moved to left field, and uh, I don't know. It's going to be a great spot here too. It's just uh, you know, time, a little bit of time, and a little re- little more recognition of where we are, and uh, everything will be back to normal. Oh, follow the, the smell. Follow, follow, right. I was going to say follow, follow the smoke. Follow the smell. <laughs> We just gotta hope it blows in more. <laughs> wait, wait. I I want to wrap this up. Uh, although we could talk to you forever, but I know you have to get back to your thing. We we appreciate this. Thank you so you much. Got you got it. Really. Anybody very... that's interested in barbecues, always welcome at Bulls B- BBQ. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very, very much, Greg. Right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Wow, Greg Luzinski. It was it was really an honor to talk to him, and he was a fantastic interview. Oh, he was terrific. He was a very nice guy, very friendly. You know, welcomed us. You know, he could talk. The you know, we could talk in front of the hour. Yeah. So. and loves barbecue. I mean, seriously, loves barbecue. Yes, he does. Which uh, we do too. But it was it. It's nice to to talk about other things with him, and it was just it was great. So okay, so we we ended the interview with Greg Luzinski. And then we met with the two executive chefs, which is Mark and Vani. Mark and Vani, yes. Yeah, and uh, we spoke to them uh, all about the whole... The process. Yeah, the process. The process of uh, doing all the cooking there. So, uh, and we're going to play that for you right now. Uh, all right, so the, uh, the smoke. what type of smoker are you using? What... Is it an offset? What, what's the smoker you're using? It's a Southern Pride. It's a gas-fired smoker, and we, we put uh, whole logs in it. Okay, what kind of wood? What, what? Hickory. Hickory. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, I used to use hickory, and then uh, it could be very strong. So I started to use, like, uh, uh, apple, pecan, cherry, a little less of a, you know, a, a smoke flavor, I guess. But... Um, 
the, the hickory, you find that's the best wood? Yeah, that's what we've been using for the past couple of years, and we're, we're happy with the results from it. We like the results, we like the flavor, we like the, uh, the, 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 heavy, the heavy flavor on there, so. Uh -huh. Do you ever find, do you, do you ever oversmoke anything, or you guys are experts, you probably never do, right? We have a time now, where we, we know we, the brisket goes in at a certain time in the morning, when, it, when it, we, we're, we're in in the morning when the alarm's going off to get it pulled out, so we have a time pretty well. How, your average brisket size, what, what is it? Yeah, 12 to 14 pounds. How many hours to smoke a brisket? 12 to 14 hours. We typically do 14 hours. No. Nice and slow. Nice and slow. Yep. Yeah, about 225. 14 hours, wow. Yep. Uh, I read that uh, Bulls Barbecue has one of the largest uh, grills in, in the major league. How big is that? Well, it's, uh, those are all grills right over there, so. We have two of them. Yeah, two, two six-footers. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so, and the wood, where are you getting the wood from? That, I don't, I can't answer. We, you know, we have our, our purchasing agent get us, get, get, get us a, 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 We got a guy. We got a guy. We got a guy. We got a guy. Probably go through a lot of wood, right? Yeah. What kind of ribs do you guys make? Maybe back in the years. How long are you cooking those for? We do a dry rub on them and uh, about a three hour smoke. The turkey is something that we renovated this year. Uh, total overhaul on the turkey. Uh, new product, new method. So we're, we're dry rubbing that and uh, smoking that for uh, about three hours at 200 degrees. I might have to try the turkey. I was here yeah. last year and yeah, I tried the turkey. Yeah. I was at the other, at the other place on the, right. uh, on the corner there. Yeah. It looks like yeah. it's fine. Yep. So yeah, you guys might know this probably. Uh, I heard that when you're making chicken or turkey, that if you use, I think it's cherry wood, that you get the pink in the bones. So even though it's done, it still looks like it's not done, right? Is that? We use hickory, and we don't use whole birds. We we, we buy the boneless breasts, so the, the pink is really not an issue for us. Gotcha. Yep. All right. So you're not doing the the, chick, uh, the turkey legs then? No, we do the turkey legs as oh, well. Do. Yeah, okay. yeah, we do. I'm sorry, we do. Right. Yep. But the, but the wood you're using is, is is fine on that. Right. Yeah, we haven't had any any issue with that. Okay. So oh, when you guys so okay, so you got 81 games of the 81 games home games, and then uh, what are you doing the rest of the year? Getting ready for next year. I wouldn't say we fly down to Florida, but we're busy throughout the year. We, you know, we, we're, we're a full service operation, so we do have a lot of catering that we do. We do catering, we do social okay. events, so we're, we're busy throughout the year. And in addition to that, we're getting ready for the following year. Uh, creating menus, testing new items out. So. All the time. We spend a lot of, we spend a lot of time, like I said, trial and error. So we do, we, uh, downtime last off season was revamping bulls. So we, you know, we worked out the brisket recipe, we worked out the turkey recipe. Uh, you know, we got all that stuff. You get any uh, special requests? Not really. I think everybody's pretty satisfied with with what we offer here because you know you can get pretty much anything you want here in the stadium. Right. Let's, can we talk about barbecue sauce for a second? Um, Bull was mentioning that the sauce comes from North Carolina, 55 gallon drums, has a little bit of a spice to it. Um, it it's made specifically for you guys, or is it's, this? It's his recipe. So we, we outsource that sauce, but we do make in-house, we do a Carolina mustard sauce and a, and a vinegar-based sauce. Okay. Using, we, we use uh, Greg's uh, spice and his sauces as basis for both of them. So you can be from anywhere in the country and come here and you'll get the type of barbecue you like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
Yeah, so nobody's going to argue, oh, I like the vinegar base, I like the mustard base, I like the... Well, yeah. we're in Philly. Somebody's going to argue about something, so, you know? The <laughs> <laughs> only sauce I hear, I don't hear white sauce, right? So the uh, the white sauce is popular, I forget where, but they, right, they use like the white sauce. That's like a North Carolina sauce. thing, isn't yeah. it? On chicken, right? They use I think so, yeah. Yeah, white sauce. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Right, yeah, absolutely. Guys? Yeah, of course. Thank you, Vani and Mark, for that interview. Unfortunately, part of it we had to um, we had a problem with because it was not the phone line. It was Mother Nature. Yeah, ma- very good, Mother Nature. It was, Mother Nature. it was the wind. Yeah, Mother Nature does listen to our podcast, though. I know she's a listener. Right, and she uh, put her uh, two cents in, in the yes, uh, in which the podcast which there. is what you guys should do, <laughs> but you can't do it that way. So, how can they get in touch with the show, Jeff? Oh, okay. I repeat that. It's uh, you can leave a voicemail at. 516-855-8214. Tweet us at baseball underscore BBQ or send us an email at baseball and BBQ at gmail.com. I just thought that was a good place to put that. All right, so we had the interview, and then what happened was um, our host, uh, Kevin Tedesco, uh, said to them, that, well, they asked us if we were hungry. Which who who can't who wasn't hungry after smelling all that great barbecue and talking about it? So they said to him, "What should we get them?" And I hear him say, uh, "A sample." And the next thing I know, they're carrying over th- uh, what, three plates of barbecue, one of everything on the menu. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it was just two of us. That's right. People are looking at us. What? Look at those guys eat all, all that. <laughs> and uh. Believe it or not, we, we did a good job. But Jeff said to me, Jeff looks at me and he says, how are we going to eat all this? It'd be rude to throw it out. <laughs> we can't insult our hosts. <laughs> so we did. What we have? We had, I know we had ribs. Right. We had, we, yeah, there were half a rack of ribs, pulled pork, uh, brisket. Brisket. Uh, a turkey, turkey leg. leg. A turkey sandwich. Right. A. Uh, oh, a kielbasa. That, yeah, that, a foot long kielbasa. big. Uh, bulldog that uh, that bull was right. talking about baked beans coleslaw uh and water to wash it down yeah and so it was it was really amazing um and i i guess we didn't eat a lot of the bread although that kielbasa there was something that roll that it was on was was so good it went so well together it was i couldn't resist Right, and you know what you need to bring when you when you go there. Not just they they give you the the utensils, the plastic fork, knives, and napkin, but you really need those wet ones to uh, clean up yourself afterwards. Yes, yeah, that's true. It was so good. Yeah, it was good. All right, so uh, after that, we we barely could move, so it was good that we were sitting down at the game. We 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 went to the game, and uh, Jeff, tell us what happened. Well, the Phillies versus the Brewers. Uh, Brewers are doing very well. Phillies are doing surprisingly well this year as well. Uh, but this day belonged to the Phillies. Uh, not the Phillies, the Brewers. Jake Arrieta started. He pitched well for a, a, a time there. Uh, he got tired in the fifth inning. Uh, then somebody in the Brewers hit a grand slam. Uh, and it was off to the Brewers. So the Brewers won the game 12-3. to But it was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we also... We we got some uh, fans uh, that were sitting around us. We did a little bit of uh, we can't stop interviewing, so we did some interviewing of the fans. So we're going to play you some of those interviews now uh, that include sounds of the game. 
Lord, we have a podcast called Baseball on BBQ. And how long have you? What's your name? Ed. Ed. How long have you been a Phillies fan? Uh, since I was uh, 19. Okay. We won't give you rage. Uh, yeah. And uh, what do you think? Are they having a, a better year than you expected? Oh yeah, a lot. I don't. I was expecting to be at least in the third place like they are now. And they do a lot better than last year. And they're over 500. Yeah, they're over 500 with a. They have a lot of young players that they have, you know, a future. Some that maybe not this year, but they're still good so far. What's your favorite Philly? Purple Philly now? I would say the center field. I guess that would be the best one so far. Do you like the all-time Phillies? Like uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's not, oh, yeah, it's nothing like them. Yeah. It's nothing like them. Yeah. There was the more excitement and they were more into the game than this. Now in these days, they're more and more about money than than the game. Gotcha. So who was your favorite all-time Philly? Uh, Dalton. Yeah. Not bad. He was. He was He's Dalton. Even um, Pete Rose, who was a, he was a hard game player. Yeah. Played the game the right way. Yeah. All right, you mentioned Pete Rose. Should he be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, he should. I mean, I don't think he'd be punished for whatever he did. Everybody does, you know. Gotcha. The only thing he got cut, but still, it doesn't mean that he did whatever he had to do when he was playing the game. He did the best he can give, and he gave it a heart when he was playing. He was playing the game. So that was uh, our guy sitting right next to us, a guy named Ed. Ed, Ed, the Phillies fan. Ed, Phillies fan. He liked uh, Daryl Dalton and thinks uh, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, okay. But that's a debate for another day. You yeah, know, that, that, that's another podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's definitely one. And so this next uh, sound of the game is a uh, guy from uh, Canada. We found him from Ottawa. He came down to see the Phillies. He was doing a, a tour of all the different stadiums. Uh, I think this was like his seventh or eighth stadium that he had gone to. All right, so what's your name? My name's Gord Allen. Yeah. And so you... Did you like the atmosphere? You know, I, I find going to the ballparks in foreign cities is, you know, like an awesome atmosphere. It's a great way to sort of feel the town. And, 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 and so this is, I guess, my seventh uh, American ballpark that I've been to. Where have you been? Uh, uh, Detroit, uh, Anaheim, uh, L.A., New York. I go to New York a, few, a number of times. Uh, Baltimore. Uh Jeez, I'm missing one. <laughs> yeah. So where are you from? Uh, Ottawa, Canada. Yeah. So. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so I am a bit of a Jays fan, but especially when they're doing well. They were doing well at the start of the season, and they take a big dive the last 20 games. So. Yeah, we, we, we know that. We, uh, <laughs> we're from New York, and we had a team that did the same thing. <laughs> Actually, a couple of years ago, I was in New York for the season opener where the Yankees were playing the Jays. Yeah, so, yeah. Nice. Maybe uh, if they ever have uh, the opener in Japan with the Jays, you'll uh, go for that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be quite a trip. Yeah. Right? They, are they still doing that with their opener in Japan? Uh, yeah. I remember when the Mets opened one year in Japan, they had to get up like at 4 in the morning to watch the game. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Thanks for welcome. being on the podcast. Yeah. Are you guys uh, out of Philly? No, in New York. Yeah. New York. New York. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool.
say so. That was our neighbor to the north, but not all uh, this city of brotherly love people were so friendly. We actually uh, got a uh, big no from someone. Nah. <laughs> nah. I thought, remember when we got a no from Keith Hernandez? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> right, we wanted to, him to say uh, that he was listening to uh, uh, baseball and BBQ, or you were listening to it. Actually, Greg Luzinski did that So for us, so we're going to, we'll play you that sometime. But, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Not all the people in Philly are brotherly love, you know? <laughs> can, can we interview you? No. no. <laughs> Man, a few words. I uh, know. No. So that was our uh, day in Philadelphia. It was very, very nice, very pleasant. Had a good day. It was great. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, uh, they actually had a concert at the uh, football stadium. Who was there? Uh, Kenny Chesney. Oh, right. Kenny Chesney was there afterwards, right? Right. We, were, we arrived at the stadium around 1030 in the morning, and the concert wasn't going on until late at night, but they were tailgating out all day long. We were there at 10 o'clock, and they were uh, tailgating already. I think they tailgate for everything. Yeah, well, <laughs> country music, they, they love it. So, uh, I, they were probably barbecuing. They were. We know they were. <laughs> so that'll do it for uh, this week's Baseball and BBQ. That's it? We're out of time? We're out of time. Oh. But if you enjoyed this... Please, I did. Oh, good. <laughs> please give us a call, 516-855-8214. You know, our email address is baseballandbbq at gmail.com, or you can tweet us. At baseball underscore BBQ. And go to our Facebook page. We'll put up some pictures. Uh, you could put pictures of, um, take pictures of your barbecue and uh, put those up there. And, and comment. Yeah, please, say something. And don't forget to review us on iTunes. Yes, give us, uh, give us a like, give us a whatever you think. Just say something. <laughs> okay, so Len, I will see you in two weeks. Looking forward to it. All right. Bye-bye. This is Greg Lazinski, and you're listening to Baseball BBQ.